Coming up on the Real Stack Guy podcast, it's the one-year anniversary of the very first Stack Guy episode. Zach and Dylan Horowitz joined me exactly a year after the recording of the first episode to talk Super Bowl once again. A fun Super Bowl preview with stats, game props, and our game picks. Then, in the second half of the episode, we had a new segment called The Player Profile, where we pick an athlete and do kind of a scope of their career, talking about their highlights, their stats, and their impact on the game. And today's player profile, in honor of announcing his retirement from the NFL last week, is Tom Brady. Fitting for Super Bowl week to talk about the player that has been a part of the most Super Bowl victories. So hope everyone is excited for the Super Bowl. Looking forward to a hopefully great game to end the 2021 football season. Last thing before we get to the pod... Uh, one year of doing podcasts still comes with some hiccups and there was a headphone mishap at some point in the middle of the uh, podcast with Zach and Dylan which you will hear me point out so just roll with it that's what we're about here all right happy birthday to the podcast and here we go Welcome back to a new episode of the Real Stack Guy podcast and a new year of the podcast in general. We are joined by the group that started it all. Zach and Dylan Horowitz are here with me to let we're going to celebrate a year of the podcast. It is the podcast birthday. So on the count of three, we're really quickly going to sing happy birthday to the podcast. Okay, we can we can move through it quick. All right, ready? Three, two, one. Happy birthday to you. Happy birthday to you. Happy birthday to the podcast. Happy birthday to you. Yay. Pop it up. Pop it up for the podcast. All right. Pop it up. All right. Well, Zach and Dylan are here, like I said. And a year ago today, as we're recording, we started Sunday Night Stack Guy. And we recapped Super Bowl 55, and it's, it's been a year. It's been a year since we've done the podcast. Um, Dylan, you've been on multiple times. Zach, I think this is actually your first official time back. Yep. So welcome back. Um, and the calendar kind of tricked us, right? Because now we're a year or a week before the Super Bowl. So where we recapped it last year, we're going to preview it this year. Are you Wait, so the Super Bowl was that far off? Well, it, yeah. So this year was the first year that with the 18-week season. Oh, right. So everything's pushed back a week or push, pushed up a week, however you want to look at it. Gotcha. Yeah. So from now, Dylan, we kind of talked about it earlier. Like every Super Bowl from now on is now going to be like in the middle of February. Yes. I, I, I told Benny, I said, uh, Benny, you have to be – it's ironic that Tom Brady finally retired the year that the Super Bowl got moved to the off weekend of his birthday. Because <laughs> every year, Benny, Benny and I would talk that Tom Brady was playing on his birthday and he hated it. And then he finally retires and the Super Bowl is moved. 
So that's where we're at. We're, we're in Super Bowl week. By the time most people hear this, um, we'll be just a few days away. Um, so there were some exciting things this week. Uh, the Pro Bowl, obviously, uh, some NBA trades today, which Dylan, did you, I'm guessing you saw the big NBA trade. Yeah. kind of off the cuff, but. Yeah, of course. I mean, I saw his uh, quote blockbuster trade, but I mean, neither team is going to make the playoffs. It didn't really have any effect on the remainder of the season. But when six players get traded three from one, you basically just swap three guys and starters are involved. You can, you can label it a blockbuster trade. Um, there was it. There was an all-star in it. There yes. Was, there yeah, were good players in it. Um, but yeah, it was just, it was just a very kind of fun random trade that happened. It was uh, the, between the Pacers and the Kings, the Pacers sent Sabonis, Jeremy Lamb and Justin Holiday for uh, Tyrese Halliburton, Buddy Heald, and Tristan Thompson. Yeah. So and and the Pacers got or sent a 2027 second round pick. Yeah. So that a pretty big swap to uh, ahead of the trade deadline. Just want just wanted yeah. to mention that. Um, also, CJ McCollum. Yes. No That's longer the Trailblazers. Bigger, the bigger deal. CJ McCollum to the Pelicans. Mm-hmm. Probably the best player traded today. Yeah. Yeah. yeah I'll say that. Um, so, yeah, we'll, we'll see what happens with the rest of the NBA trade that trade deadline. But, uh, like I said, I just wanted to mention that. But we will kind of get into Super Bowl week now. Um, what are your guys' early thoughts just on the Super Bowl? Anything that has come into your mind in the last few days or the last week with the Bengals and the Rams? Where think, you guys, you guys are going to be in Colorado for the game, right? We'll be in Denver, yeah. Yeah, we'll be in Denver, Colorado with some Cincinnati friends. I guess Jess Brandon. Yeah. Um, with that <laughs> having been said, I think the Cincinnati Bengals are going to get absolutely smacked. And they're not going to win. And that's that. Well, good thing you're not watching with too many Cincinnati fans, huh? Very true. <laughs> he, he just became a Bengals fan, so it's not. I am a Bengals fan, but I think they're going to get smacked. Oh, whatever, Zachary. <laughs> um, I remember when we actually did the podcast a few weeks ago, we were going through potential matchups and headline, you know, story headlines. What's what's the big thing going to be from each matchup? And obviously the Chiefs is Mahomes being the GOAT, whatever. And if they made it in either one. Uh, we didn't really have one for for uh, Bengals reps, and then two days later, we're like, "Wait, they're both both quarterbacks are first overall picks," and that's something we just kind of looked past. Um, also, both coaches combining their ages, the youngest head coaches ever uh, of the two of the two uh, teams in that in the Super Bowl at seventy four. Uh, 36 and 38 are the two coaches, uh, the youngest ever. So that's another big story. Headline. Yeah, those so. were, those were, yeah, like you said, this was like the one matchup where we really didn't have anything. Those were the two obvious things, or not obvious to us apparently, but also the, I think, I think the big one we missed was that Zach Taylor was actually an old assistant coach for Sean McVay. Yes. So it would have been just a matchup of the old coaches together. So we, we missed on that one. And of course, it ended up being the matchup. But now we're seeing those storylines come out. 
So yeah. yeah, I think those are just the, you know, the good early things to think about um, with the Super Bowl. We will obviously get to more Super Bowl stuff, but we got to get through our segments here. Um, best stat I saw this week, Caitlin Clark uh, of the Iowa Hawkeyes had 46 points and 10 assists in 40 minutes. In the last 15 years, the only NBA or college player, men or women, to have 45 plus points and 10 plus assists while playing the entirety of a game was Kevin Durant in the 2021 playoffs. That's pretty amazing. Did she play all 40 minutes? Yeah, she played all 40 minutes. Oh, wow. Yeah. So to just to be in that category again with Kevin Durant for, for any basketball thing is, is pretty amazing. Yeah, anything's possible. Yeah, she's incredible. Did you see her the shots that she was taking? Yeah, I saw with like four minutes left, they were down 13, and she was pulling up from the logo. Yeah, she had multiple seven seconds on the shot clock. I was like, what is she doing? And she kept hitting him. She no, she I mean, Will and I talked about it last year when he came on and we were talking about some of the women's game, but she is she's the Steph Curry of of women's basketball right now. I think it's a very fair comparison. Yeah, I mean, there's if there is a comparison, it's her. Yeah. There's no there's no one else that could possibly mm-hmm. there's no one else in Kellen Clark's, you know, realm. Zach, you liked this one. Um, it was it was the stat guy special stat. Jacksonville just hired their third coach in the last 13 months. And dating back to 1969, the Steelers have had three coaches. <laughs> yeah, that's unreal. Wow. Oh, yo, what's the deal with um, if a team gets a new coach, they get a, a, an additional draft pick? So mm, they're <laughs> – I think there's rules about like compensatory picks. Um, it's similar to what happened with the Patriots when Belichick went there. Um, I, I don't know the exact rules to be honest, but essentially if you, you trade a coach or like you get a new coach at certain points, you get like a pick relative to, I don't know, their salary or something. I honestly don't know. What, who, what'd you see that happened? I don't. I saw something today. I don't know what it was, but I just thought it was interesting. Okay. Like, it is what is the purpose of it? Is so it, 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 it usually coach? has to do with like free agent. I don't know. I I've never seen it with a coach, but I've usually seen it with free agents. Where if if a player leaves a team, that team gets a compensatory draft pick in the next year relative to how good the player is. It was like the Colts. If Carson Wentz played less than a, like seventy percent of the snaps, they would have lost or gotten an extra well that's so yeah because that, that was just the deal they made with the eagles y- yes yeah but for example like when the patriots i'm trying to think of the the best example um i think when they cut or when when they uh lost somebody when that whoever to free agency they got like a fourth round pick the next year mm. yeah so it might have been something like that well when they lost hernandez <laughs> uh no because he did not <laughs> sign somewhere else technically he signed to heaven baby or I guess I guess hell, right? All right. We'll move we'll move on from that. <laughs> I just knew you like that stat. All right. Uh the ESPN stat of the day that I have. Nikola uh, Jokic joined Wilt Chamberlain as the only players to score 25 points in a triple double on 80% shooting in multiple games. And Wilt has done it seven times. Jeez. So, again, scoring 25 points in a triple-double on 80% shooting 
multiple in multiple games. You gotta love when they just throw out four different qualifiers. Yeah, it's very fun. That's that's the uh, point of the category. Yeah, imagine being that that intern that's going and finding all those. You go, on stat, you go on stat head and you just look up random stuff. No, yeah. the thing is that there's nothing to find. You just make up random shit. Like that's <laughs> yeah. why it is the stat that it is. Well, that it, that that was always my argument with uh, triple doubles. Is that triple doubles is like obviously you can say all stats are made up, but triple doubles is it's not a it's not a real stat. Like you're just putting you're saying somebody got ten plus of this and this and this. You're comp- you're putting stats together. Well, yeah. okay, yeah, but here's the thing about that with triple doubles is that it actually has significance. Like it says a lot about a player and and their caliber if they have double digits across three of the five most popular. But what if but what if they have X amount of games with like nine assists or nine rebounds? Like, does that make it that much different? That's a that's actually a really good point. Then there should also be a stat called like close like a, to a triple double. Yeah, like a triple double minor or something. And it's like if you're in the range, like if you have two of the three in double digits, but one of them is two like eight or nine, yeah, two away, then you're in a different category. You this know? is the whole thing. Jack, Jack and I have a whole Morris and I have a whole thing of like what counts as close to a triple double. What do you think? Well, it depends on the stat. Is is nine points, nine rebounds, nine assists close to triple double? Yes. Okay, cool. But right. like three assists, like or seven total assists being three assists away is not that close. It's, no, it's three possessions. Yeah. 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 So we we always have that talk. Um, well, yeah, those are our our basic segments. Uh, our weekend preview obviously entitles the Super Bowl because that's what it's all about this week. So we're going to go through, we'll, we'll talk a little bit, some stats, but we also have some game props that we love to talk about. And then the random fun props that I think everyone likes even more. Um, so I have some stats to get us started. Both the Rams and the Bengals are four seeds, which is the, it's tied for the highest combined seeding in a Super Bowl. There was so at eight. There was one the uh, Steelers and Packers. There that was a two seed and a six seed, also combined for eight. Um, but I think that isn't this the first one in however many years that there hasn't been a one or a two seed. I don't remember the last the last yeah. time that that happened that there wasn't a one or a two seed in the Super Bowl. Yeah, I don't know because I mean the the Patriots were always a one or two usually. But yeah. no, I'm just <laughs> saying. No, I know, I know. Yeah. It's just, it, I don't think it. Could, could, yeah, I don't think it's really ever happened that that often. Um, and then Dylan, you mentioned about McVay and Taylor being the youngest coaching matchup in the Super Bowl uh, as head coaches. Both are under 40. Evan McPherson has made all 12 of his postseason uh, field goal attempts which ties him with Adam Vinatieri for the most consecutive field goals made without a miss in a single postseason. So we talked about it last week with Will that the record for most field goals made in a postseason is 14. So he only needs three more to break that. Um, But this was most consecutive without a miss. So he's tied that streak. And then Dylan, I don't know if you saw this one. 
Matthew Stafford, as long as he starts, will break the record for most games started before their first Super Bowl start by a quarterback at 182. Wow. He's put 182 games before starting in a Super Bowl. He was on the Lions. Right. Yeah. And this, is, and this is his first year, not on the Lions. Oh, wow. That's crazy. Yeah, and he's already in the Super Bowl. So do yeah, it that yeah. way, you will. That's a lot of games started. Yeah. Without making a Super Bowl. Well, I mean, that's 11 seasons, 12 yeah. seasons. Yeah. You know how many games he missed? Wow. Yeah. Um, Dylan, I saw this one today. Joe Burrow is the first quarterback to make the Super Bowl, having been sacked the most in the regular season. Interesting. Which does not bode well for them against the Rams offensive line. Or, sorry, defensive line. No, they're literally going to get destroyed. Like, I feel like they've just been edging out victories. Like The Bengals? Yeah, the Bengals. Like, they've – put themselves in a good situation to like capitalize on opportunities, but how long, you know, like at some point in time, their luck is going to run out. And instead of getting sacked nine times, they're going to get sacked like 12 times. And then Burrow's going to fumble three of them. You know, like something's going to, something's got to, got to give. That, that's what I was talking about today with one of the guys on the team. That's a Bengals fan is that, they kind of had an up and down regular season. Like they beat some really good teams, obviously, but they also lost some questionable games that they really shouldn't lose. And, you know, when it's a one game at a time playoff and you just keep winning those games, you might have that one game where you don't, but um, I think they're one of their biggest advantages, just having Joe Burrow at quarterback, a guy that is, has been in these situations before. Yeah. And that's, Personally, that's the thing about that's different with NFL. That, that's different comparing it to the NBA, MLB, NHL is it's just one game. You just need to be better for that 60 plus 60 minutes plus you know, maybe an overtime if, if it comes to be that straight. Up. But, Bingo. But, but in those other three sports, you need to win four, you know, three or four games. It is hard to beat LeBron four times. It's hard to beat anyone four times out of seven. So being the best team for 60 minutes, you got a little better chance at doing that than beating someone four times. Right. Which is why in like in the single elimination tournaments, like the super, like the NFL playoffs and March madness, you get more surprised because it only takes one game to not yeah. be your best. Um, good segue into the, the, the winning stat that I have here. This is one of my favorites. It's, it just, it bodes so well for what we're, what we're doing here. There have been two quarterbacks that have won a college football national championship and the Super Bowl. Zach, do you want to guess what their name, what their first name was? Yeah, the first name is Joe. Is Joe Mixon, right? <laughs> no, Joe Mixon's a running back on the Bengals right now. I'm just kidding. I know. Yeah, I know. it was. It was. Uh, yes, Joe Namath and Joe Montana have <laughs> are the only two players to win a college national championship. And the Super Bowl. That's and now Joe Burrow walks into the Super Bowl having already won a college football national championship. What are yeah. the odds? What are the odds? His first full season of football. Yeah. 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 His, his second season, his first full one that he wasn't hurt. Yeah. So I think, I think that's pretty crazy. If, if he yeah. does it and it's just 
it's name your kid Joe, right? From here on out. And they have that better of a chance. It's, yeah. uh, it's similar to the, do you guys remember the, if you want to be a fast runner at Carmel, be named Ben? Yeah. <laughs> that is funny. It's very similar to that. Yeah. Or if you want to be a fast runner at Michigan, you name your kid Tom Brady. Yeah. If you want to be a college <laughs> athlete at Michigan, be named Tom Brady. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Exactly. Do, do you guys have any more uh, just general stats? Well, I, talking about Joe Burrow, I just wanted to talk yeah. real quick. He's got to be the NFL comeback player of the year. Like, like that's, that's not a question at this point. Cause I remember people were talking about a couple of different guys, but I, at this point, it's not a question. You have to give to Joe Burrow. And I know that those stats are regular season stats, but even that alone, you still have to give it to Joe Burrow, right? Yeah, I, I think he's definitely comeback player of the year. Um, I don't, I, I, you must, I don't even know who else it would be. Yeah. Also, you guys want to hear something funny? I'll say it yeah. on the podcast. I don't care. I didn't have my headphone plugged in. But I had it in my ear, which is really funny. Oh, that's hilarious! So we're 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 just going raw now. No, no headphone. So we'll, hopefully, <laughs> hopefully it sounds fine. Yeah, it's, yeah. Just, just just the kinks of one year of the podcast. <laughs> <laughs> but yes, yeah, still, I I do agree with you that Joe Burrow should no question be come comeback player of the year. No, yeah. no questions asked. None. Yeah. Zip. Zilch. All right, let's get into game props. Dylan, I think you're going to assist us with this by having a, uh, an unnamed sports book. Um, so I think a couple of good ones to look at. Super Bowl MVP, obviously a really good one. Usually goes to a quarterback. 11 of the last 15 Super Bowl MVPs have been quarterbacks and four of the last five. And then I always like to look to see who, what defensive player has the best chance or odds just because it's fun. Is, is it Aaron Donald? I'm pretty sure it is. Yeah, he's – yeah, he has the best defensive odds. Okay. What, uh, at what? At plus 1,800. He has better odds than OBJ. That's interesting. Okay. Yeah. What, what non-quarterback do you guys think would have the best chance to win Super Bowl MVP? I personally would think Aaron Donald. Yeah. You would go a, d- a defensive player? Yeah. I okay. mean, I mean, you look at it like when Von Miller won in, was it Super Bowl 50? Yeah. When they beat the Panthers, I mean, he dominated. Uh, Aaron Donald, obviously this Bengals O-line is atrocious. And the Titans front four, front seven had nine sacks. It, I mean, it's only a matter of, you know, how quick can Joe Burr get the ball out? Because Aaron Donald's going to be there in a second, second and a half. He's going to need to get the ball out. I could see them having a lot of screens for Jamar Chase, T. Higgins. Um, but Aaron Donald or Von Miller coming back with another uh, two-time Super Bowl MVP. Yo, has a wide receiver ever won MVP? Deion Branch and Tom Brady. Oh, they shared it. Oh, and, they got- and, and Julian Edelman. And Julian Edelman, yeah. But, okay, but th- okay, so here's a question. Because both of those wide receivers, it was like a co-MVP with the quarterback. What? Julian Edelman. Oh, Julian Edelman won it outright? Yeah, yeah. Edelman won in for 53, and then Branch won the one for 39. Oh, okay. Because I was going to – I'm looking at the list here, and Cooper Cup is on it. 
And so it's like, I was thinking, the reason why I asked that question is because I was thinking like, based off of his performance in the last game, or at least against the Bucks, right? It's like, if he has an incredible performance like that, with a ton of receptions, a crazy amount of yards, multiple touchdowns, how do you not give it to him? But then it's also like, if he's done that, that means the quarterback has also done that. And the quarterback has also dished out yards and touchdowns to other players, you know? Yeah, it's one of those situations where, like, the, the one where Edelman won, he had they, – they didn't score any uh, – or they, sorry, they only scored one offensive touchdown, but it was a rushing touchdown. And Edelman had so many yards and receptions that you couldn't give it to Brady. You couldn't give it to Michelle. And Edelman got it for having so many receptions and yards. So they would need something where, like, all of Stafford's touchdowns are to cup. Right. And they get rushing touchdowns and – his yards aren't that high. And he, and he also has like five interceptions. <laughs> <laughs> right. Because that, that would diminish his case. Yeah. I'm pretty exactly. sure a year ago today, we talked about this. Like why would one person win it over someone else? A position, you know, obviously the quarterback's favored to win it. As you can see, Stafford's minus 120, Burrow's plus 200, just on the Super Bowl odds of the Rams winning versus the Bengals winning. Strictly is, you know, is why those odds are what it is. You're so right. I, I think we did talk about it. That's really funny. Yeah. And I mean, Zach was, once I was just saying that, I was like, we talked about this a year ago today. If, you know, if someone has two more catches, you know, could he have won it? And we yeah. know we'll, we'll be talking about that on Monday. You know, maybe uh, the quarterback does win, but, you know, if Jamar Chase got three more catches and maybe 40 more yards, does he win it over Joe Burrow? Something to think about. All right. Just say a name, no explanation. Who wins Super Bowl MVP? Dylan, go. Matthew Stafford. Zach. Yep. Same. Okay, I'll say Joe Burrow then. Cuckoo. That's good. I'll be the advocate. All right. <laughs> First offensive play. Uh, Dylan, at least for the odds that I found, pass plus 115, run minus 140. What will be the first offensive play? Wait, what were the odds on that? Plus 115 for a pass, minus 140 for a run. I'll say a pass. Let's go. I, I, I would say pass, too. Team to score the longest field goal. Cincinnati, plus 105. LA, minus 130. I would go LA. Yeah, I would say LA. Okay. I would, I would think the Bengals because I haven't seen – or because I watched Matt Gay a couple weeks ago be short from 48 yards. You're so right. <laughs> I, I forgot that was Matt Gay. So, like, I can't believe that's you. Now, if the Bengals never kick a field goal and the Rams kick a 21-yarder, that's the longest field goal. Yeah. But I would pick the Bengals on that. You know, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to tell you on that. I'm going to go Bengals. Yeah. All right, this is my favorite. Will either team score a safety? Do you, do you see any odds there, Dylan? If not, I, I think I have I have what it what it could be. Wait, not not on the first play. No, I know. Just I, yeah, I, just I'll have either team. Okay. So will either team score a safety? No, no, either, not both. Like will there be a safety scored? Oh. Um I don't think so. Okay. Yes is plus seven fifty, no minus two thousand. So here are some safety Super Bowl stats. I think these are hilarious. There has been a safety in nine Super Bowls. 
46, 47, and 48 all had safeties. That's the only time there's been three Super Bowls in a row with safeties. And then get this. So Super Bowl 47, it was the last play from scrimmage that had a safety when the Ravens punter took the ball, ran through the back of the end zone to, to drain clock. And then yeah. they ended up kicking off, didn't score on the kickoff. Then the first play from scrimmage in Super Bowl 48 was also a safety. No when the snap went over Peyton Manning's head. Yeah. So two consecutive line of scrimmage snaps in Super Bowls were safeties. What are the yachts? Wow. 16 wow. seconds of game time passed between two safeties. Yeah, and not just any game, Super Bowl games. Super Bowls, yeah. 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 That's unreal. And then – So so that's nine out of 55 that have had a safety. Yes. A lot more than I would have thought. Yeah. And so one of them happened three in a row – or three games in a row, and then there were two other times back-to-back Super Bowls. And then two separate times, like, individually. I wonder how that percentage of nine out of 55 compares to the percentage of safeties in games in all other. Yeah. Yeah. That would be a good thing to find out. We'll jot that down. Safety. Just safeties in all regular games. There there were eight safeties in the NFL this year, regular (laughs) season. Eight? Eight. That is unreal. Wow. So eight out of 55 and eight out of how many games? 272. That's wild. That's like a that's five times as less. That's crazy. So yeah, there hasn't been a safety in three percent of games. There is a safety this year. Wow. Wow. And then uh, so yeah, the last safety that happened in the Super Bowl was Super Bowl 48. There's never been a safety in the third quarter of a Super Bowl. Just thought I'd throw that out there. So should, should we hammer safety in the third hammer quarter? safety third quarter? <laughs> That's great. And then have this first team to call a timeout. It's even. It's it's the same. At minus yeah. one ten. But I would I would say the Rams should be favored in that because Sean McVay loved wasting his timeouts last week. Yeah, he did. That is very true. So I would I would favor the Rams in that. But maybe Joe Burrow can't hear his headphones in his in his helmet because the Rams are so loud that he's got to call one early. It's going to be funny when the Bengals get the ball first and on the first play they have to call a timeout. You know what I was thinking about is the – when Michigan plays at Penn State, that – have you ever seen that? Yeah. And Penn – it's a whiteout and Penn State is just so loud and Michigan can't hear and they call a timeout with 15 minutes yeah. in the first quarter. Yeah. That's one of the, one of the greatest videos. So do you have any more like gameplay props that you wanted to go by or mention? Um, I so I saw a TikTok the other day. Um, Mickey Guyton, I don't know if you know who that is. Uh, singing the well, that's that's not an in-game. Do you have any more like game oh. game? We're gonna get oh. to non-game. No. Okay, so we can go. We can go ahead forward to the Super Bowl props that are not gameplay. Yes. All right. We have three of them because these are pretty much the only general three that you can find talking about the coin toss, the national mm-hmm. anthem, and the color of the Gatorade dump on the winning coaches. So let's start with the coin toss. Believe it or not, Tails leads in Super Bowls 29 to 26. 
tails has been the the coin flipped 29 to 26 both teams that are in the super bowl lost the coin toss on championship sunday which is pretty funny Mm -hmm. the nfc has won six of the last eight coin tosses and here's here's the kicker the winner of the coin toss has lost seven straight super bowls so hammer the loser of the coin toss that was the stat i i I brought gotcha (laughs) that that was the one i I thought that was insane yeah so yeah right right when we find out who wins the coin toss yeah made it so like what so something like this like what what are the odds of the coin toss you guys think like would you would you favor heads favor tails like is it 50 50 i mean what, what do you guys think Personally, I think it's a 50-50. It's either heads or tails. Okay. No, that, that's a good point. Zach, what, like, which one do you think is better to call? It's a gut feeling, man. It's whatever, whatever the world is telling you, whatever you yeah. believe internally will come to fruition. That is what you should put your money on. Yeah. Because, I mean, like, like I said, there's close to it. It's, like, it's about 50-50, right? Like it is a 50-50. If we're talking about flipping a coin. Yeah, I know. <laughs> I, you got to roll with the bit. Um, but which it's funny because the odds, you can bet on who, like, who will, um, what they will call, like, what the coin will be. And it's always, like, minus 110 because that's how they're going to make their money. Yes, the yeah. juice. Yeah. Um, Tails never fails. But Matthew Slater always calls heads because his dad always called heads. So take with that what you will. All right. National Anthem. Dylan, you want to take over? Um, yeah, I, I, it's honestly not even on here. I saw it at 135. And something yep. that uh, I saw is Mickey Guyton, who's singing the National Anthem. People call her Quickie Mickey. So, you know, who knows? I, I'm, I'm not an under person, but I probably won't take it. But, you know, the word around town is she will go under 135. This, this is probably my favorite Super Bowl prop. Not like just overall. It's, it's the most fun to get your stopwatch out when they're starting the national anthem and see. Um, yes, the over under is 95 seconds. So a minute 35. And uh, Mickey Guyton sang this uh, sang the national anthem at National Memorial Day concert last year, and her time was one twenty three. Wow! So that was quick. Yeah, that's why they call her Quickie Mickey. So do they get the Super Bowl bump of going longer? We'll see. We'll see. Can she hold it for twelve seconds? Yeah. I'll be timing, oh. and I hope you all all are too. On that note, do you remember last year what happened to the national anthem? Remind me. So I forget what, what the prop was, but when whoever was singing, I forget who it was, was rehearsing, like just going through and doing a, you know, a rehearsal, someone outside the stadium recorded it. That's right. And then it was just wiped out. All the bets were cleared out. Yeah. And you couldn't bet on the national anthem because – everyone knew what it was going to be that's right it's so, so funny because the like the national anthem and the gatorade like people know yeah. people know yeah 
like what how long it takes or what the color is going to be that's like pft on part of my take was asking sam hubbard what color gatorade they usually have on the sidelines orange <laughs> he's like do you guys usually have orange gatorade on the sidelines or what what color do you guys usually have <laughs> so it, and for the gatorade bath color um at least the numbers i saw orange is plus 210 green or yellow plus 350 clear or water plus 350 blue 400 red 500 purple 500 i don't know probably a team preference oh oh because here here's a pretty funny one only three times since 2001 has the gatorade color matched the winning team's colors wow so meaning possibly throw out orange and blue yeah and so you stay purple or something yeah so let's see maybe maybe if uh we can we can try to find out from somebody on the sideline if we if we knew someone on the sideline. But yeah, there's yeah. it's just it's pretty sporadic trends. Like there's no clear cut colors that go frequently. So just find uh, go with your gut, right, Zach? Exactly. You listen to what the world is telling you. Yes. And then and then call tails. <laughs> exactly. All right. Let's make our picks officially. I know Zach already announced the uh dismantling of the Bengals. so zach are you staying with your your pick of rams minus four and a half oh, also yeah. you don't have to pick against the spread you can just say straight up i think the score is gonna be 24 to 20 okay rams well i thought you i thought you said the Bengals were gonna get smashed <laughs> he's hedging his bet by the way the rams are minus four and a half and the last four teams that were getting at least four and a half points won the Super Bowl outright. Do you know that, Dylan? I did not. So, yeah, let me say that again. The last four teams that were getting four and a half points won the Super Bowl outright. And the Bengals are minus or plus four and a half. Wow. Yeah. I, I'll just um, – I can make my pick now. I – started on the Rams pretty early, but everything that I feel and see has me going leaning towards the Bengals now. So I don't know if that means I should switch back, but I, I think by Sunday, I'm going to be feeling the Bengals. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's hard not like, I don't know. There's so many, so many different things. Obviously there's stats, you know, going one way, going the other, both teams are hot. Um, I, I, I think I'm going to go 30-24 Rams. Okay. So yeah. you're saying Rams. Zach, you just said the score, not a winner? <laughs> yeah. And no. I'm, I'm saying Bengals, but not giving a score. So it's fine. I, I think um, – I do think the Bengals are going to lose. So I think the Rams are going to win. Okay. But, yeah, I think a safe score – would be yeah like 24 to 20 that that's fair that would also be the under yeah and so a lot of recent super bowls have gone under this is what i'll say it'll be 24 20 if the Bengals win but if the rams win it'll be like 33 to 4 okay so a score got me yeah and two safety oh, hey speaking <laughs> of i asked you guys to do this who knows if it'll happen i think there's been three super bowls that ended with a scoregami believe it or not so let's let's uh, make a pick on 
if the game was to end in a scoregami, which what score would it be? So hopefully you guys have an answer. Yes, actually, I just realized the uh, my guess, my two guesses, or my guess that I gave our prediction and my scoregami have the same total points. Oh, there you go. Um, but so my guess, my prediction was thirty to twenty-four Rams. My scoregami I found was thirty-two to twenty-two Rams. Okay. So very close. Um, obviously those weird numbers can, you know, field goals come into play. I know McPherson Bengals haven't been able to score a lot of touchdowns. I know Will said there are 12 field goals to five touchdowns right now in the postseason. So they're most likely going to kick some field goals. So, um, yeah, I like that 32 to 22. Zach, do you have one? Yeah. 22 to 25. I thought you said 33 to four. Technically that is a score. got me. That was kind of a joke. But yeah, twenty-two to five could actually happen. Yeah, that that would be scoring on me. I think so. No, it's not. Oh, really? Yeah, twenty-two to five happened. By, By the way, the mo- twenty-five. Oh, twenty-two to twenty-five. 20- is I don't think that is either. That happened as well. Oh, I don't know what I was looking at then. Just just do thirty to four. Okay. Or what? Whatever it was. I think I said thirty-one four. No, 33. I said 33. 33, 33. Dylan, is that – don't fact check. That is a – that would be a score guy. Okay. Somebody's actually scored four points. Yeah. Oh, yeah. By the way, so before a game actually starts, the most likely scoregami is 36 to 23. I just thought I'd throw that out there again. Um, but, Dylan, I picked 32 to 26. Okay. It would, I mean, it's hard to hard to choose, right? But almost I thought I had was okay, that could be a game that ends in overtime. So if it starts 26-26, four field goals, two touchdowns for the Bengals at least. Maybe the Rams have to catch up points here and there, go for two, miss a two-point conversion, and yeah. 26-26. Uh-huh. That was that was my number one for for the Scorigamis. Yeah, I like that. Let's hope. I, I Super Bowl Scorigami would be amazing. Also, it's just making me realize now how crazy Super Bowl 48 was with the Seahawks and the Broncos. It had yeah. that it had a safety, a blowout, a scorigami. And what was that? What was that final score? 48? 43 to 8, I'm pretty sure. 48? Yeah. Wow. Which I, who knows if it's happened since then, but at the time it was obviously scorigami. You have the number of how many Super Bowls have had scoregamis. Did you say I that? think three. Three? Yeah. I couldn't tell you the other ones off the top of my head, though. Hey, any last thoughts on the Super Bowl? Because we got another another segment to get to that I, I hope people enjoy. But any other thoughts on the Super Bowl? Um, From the two Horowitz boys. The other two Horowitz boys. Yeah, I've got nothing left. Okay. With that, we are going to take a short break. And then when we come back, we're going to do our third kind of different segment that we have. It's a player profile. And this will explain it more when we come back. But the player profile is going to be on Thomas Edward Patrick Brady Jr. So we'll take a short break. We'll be right back. We are back. 
And for our second segment, it's a, or the second half of this episode, I should say, um, we're going to do a player profile. So already on this season, we've had a game rewind where we went back and watched a game and kind of dissected it, had some categories for it, had a lot of fun with it. Then the sports fanatics segment, which you heard last week with Will about the Bengals, where we just talked about a fan base, asked questions, found some different things out about that, whatever fan base. So another one we're adding is this player profiles where it's going to be, a, be about a specific player. And obviously um, we have some more categories to, to get into. Um, and the player that we're going to profile right on time, Super Bowl week, this is his week. He's announced his retirement. It's Tom Brady. So we're going to do a, a Tom Brady player profile. And I don't know about you guys. Um, him him retiring is just crazy to think about one he's 44 and he was playing as a top five quarterback when he retired and the fact that he could have gone at least two more years of being average at least average is is wild to me um but what how do you guys how are you guys feeling with the the tom brady news zach well, obviously, it's incredibly sad. You know, I, I became aware of this information at the top of the ski mountains at Perfect North, and I was informed by Dylan and Ryan about the news. It is very sad, obviously. I mean, you know, this guy was a massive part of our childhood, so to speak. That is until I became a Tampa Bay Bucks fan. Um, I mean, he continued to be a, a huge part of my life, even when I became a Tampa Bay Bucks fan. But with all of that having been said, yeah, it's uh very, very sad to see him go. Yeah, honestly, just what Zach was saying, we grew up with – I mean, we grew up watching him every single Sunday. Like, obviously, for the – you know, a couple, you know, games, the suspension, the ACL, those were weekends we didn't watch him, but we watched him growing up. We – like, that was our, our one guy that we watched for – what 18 straight seasons 20 straight seasons like that we grew up watching him and you know he is he's gonna go down as the best player to ever play the game and you know it, it it's cool to see him go out on his own and not you know like some of the other quarterbacks that like Ben Roethlisberger like that dude couldn't throw a football like it, it's cool to see him go out knowing he can play three more years if he probably wanted to but he's going out on, you know, not on top, but uh, playing good football. And, um, yeah, it's a it, it, great, great uh, career for him. And cool to see him go out on his own. So I, uh, when I watch uh, like a show like The Herd uh, with Colin Coward, sometimes it's fun to see like how often he mentions like Tom Brady, just for fun, right? Like those shows, he just, whatever the analogy he's making. So it's kind of been a thing on this show now that he just gets mentioned, but obviously we're, Patriots fan so it might get mentioned a little more um I know, some people, I know some people are going to enjoy listening to this part um but to tag on to what you just said Dylan I always talk with Ben about how like LeBron and LeBron James and Tom Brady kind of very similar in the sense of they could probably play way longer than they should just because they'd be better than half of their position or their league but they don't want to be a bench player or a backup quarterback still in the league. They want to, if they're going to be in the league, they're going to be one of the best. 
Mm-hmm. So Tom Brady is not going to, you know, be the 30th best quarterback in the league, which he could probably do at age like 50. Yeah. At least uh, right. similar to LeBron. Like he doesn't want to be a six man, but he probably could at age like 42, which is just, it's just mind boggling to think about those ages and those numbers. Um, it's because we've never seen like obviously George Bland, but we've never seen a quarterback do that. Right. And, and he, Tom Brady is making Aaron Rodgers like, like Aaron Rodgers is 38 and still playing amazing football. And it was hard to people, you know, Tom Brady haters had a hard time watching Tom Brady at the age 38, go to a Super Bowl after Super Bowl after Super Bowl. He is just defying like the odds, honestly. And we're going to, in a, in a little bit here, we're going to add some of our best Tom Brady stats. And I, I hope you guys brought a little bit to the table. I, I have some. Um, but first, I just one of the, the first thing we'll do on player profile, just talk about the general accolades and info. This is not anything made up, nothing that you can fix together. This is literally just what they did. So I'm literally just going on the uh, pro football reference page of Tom Brady. And they have like all the accomplishments they have and like their jersey numbers and stuff like that. Here's what it, ha- it has for Tom Brady 15 time Pro Bowler, three time All Pro, seven time Super Bowl champ, three time MVP, five time Super Bowl MVP, the All 2000s Hall of Fame team, the All 2010 Hall of Fame team, 2007 Offensive Player of the Year, 2007 Best Bell Award. 2007 PFWA Offensive Player of the Year, 2009 AP Comeback Player of the Year, 2010 Offensive Player of the Year, and the whatever the other uh, Offensive Player of the Year award is. They do two, I guess, for different different uh, entities or whatever. Mm-hmm. Those are his general accolades. Any any other stuff that just comes to mind when you think of his his accolades, not stat based, but um. I mean, I guess this kind of goes along with I, I guess it's a little more stat based, but I was gonna talk about his Pro Bowls. Is that stat yeah. based? No, go ahead, go ahead. Mention okay. It. So he's been named selected to 15 Pro Bowls. Do you know how many he's played in? Well, I saw the last time he played in one was 2005, so he couldn't have been in more than like three. Two. The after they after they won the first Super Bowl. No, uh, so 2002, he played in the Pro Bowl. After they won in 01, and then he played in 05. He only played in two Pro Bowls. Has only played in two Pro Bowls. His last 13 selections, he was either in the Super Bowl or didn't play. He didn't want to. <laughs> it's just crazy to think that, like we said, he has literally the most career selections, but has only played twice. And the last time was 2005. Yeah. Like, I don't, which is funny to say now, but like, I don't remember seeing him play in a Pro Bowl. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I mean, you you were nine, but that was still so long ago. Right, right. But like, I just don't have a vivid, vivid image of it. Yeah, I just saw that, and I was, I was just so confused because yeah, we see him get nominated every single year, but we're like, why yeah. does he play? Because he's in the Super Bowl. Right. Or and I don't, yeah. I don't remember what year they moved the Pro Bowl to the weeks in between, because there were still some weeks that he had gotten selected that he just you know after the Super Bowl or after the season, he just didn't compete for whatever reason. Um, yeah. If you can find that, let me know. But yeah, that, that is a good one, Dylan. Um, I'll go through some sets that I have. Tom Brady didn't have a losing record against any team in the NFL. 
believe it or not. Didn't have a losing record against any team. So he was definitely 500 against a few teams, I think. Um, this this was the, the main set I had for Tom. Um, yeah, he didn't have a losing record against all 32 teams in the NFL. Obviously, the biggest one, 1-0 against the Pats. Um, yes. The craziest one, 33-3 and against the Bills. Yes. The fact that he only lost to the Bills three times. Yeah. And played them twice. Played them twice a year for twenty years. Essentially. Yeah, he went four. He went five hundred against four teams: the Broncos, Saints, Seahawks, and Cardinals. Broncos. Okay, I was trying to think which teams he was like five hundred against, and that makes sense based on how how they played those teams. Yeah, he was a hundred percent against five teams. Um, but yeah, I mean, just that stat alone shows how long he was in the league, how good he was for how long he was, and he just dominated. Yep. Let me uh, let me roll through some more of these. Yeah. Tom Brady has lost 73 regular season games. In the last seven seasons, the Jets have lost 76 games. So he's lost as many in 22 seasons as the Jets' last seven. Uh. At the time of them winning the Super Bowl, Tom Brady was the youngest quarterback to win, which I think has now since been beat, and then the oldest to win a Super Bowl at the time of the win. Pretty wild. Uh, In all his full seasons, so 20, because he obviously um, was hurt for a full year, and then what, what is the other year that would have been? Oh, oh, in his rookie year, he didn't play. Yeah. So his 20 full seasons, more years ended in Super Bowl victories than ended before the conference championship. So he won seven Super Bowls and only didn't make it to the conference championship six times. (laughs) Yeah, that alone is just, it's unfathomable, as Zach may say. Zach, give us give us a good unfathomable. It is absolutely unfathomable that Tom Brady has been able has been able to achieve what he has achieved. You know, it's crazy that what he went to, like fifty percent of the seasons he played in, he went to the Super Bowl. Is that correct? Uh, yeah, t- ten out of the twenty full seasons. Right. Also, it's so interesting. I was just thinking about it when you guys were talking about it. It's crazy that there's so, like, yeah, obviously he's a great quarterback, but he doesn't do anything without probably Bill and the rest of the team. Right. It's like sure. football's the most team sport. Like it, it you need all three phases of the game, yeah. um, you know, working like, incredibly hard together to achieve the success and it's funny that we just hand it all to the quarterback right like it's very funny it's not the it's not the Cincinnati Bengals that have created all the success this year it's Joe Burrow and the Cincinnati Bengals you know yeah I I always say this when we talk about like QB wins like we don't ever say oh the the Julian Edelman has this many wins as a wide receiver or like Rob Gronkowski had this many wins as a tight end. Like we don't, we never do that. Right. It's just, and it's just the reality of like football, which I, I don't agree with like wins are a team stat. Shouldn't really be a quarterback stat. Quarterback's just one of the players on the team. And 
the way the rules and the game has gone, they're, you know, the most important position in sports. Um, but right. So for him to get a lot of credit, which I mean, a lot of it is deserved, but obviously there we'll get to more about the Super Bowls, but there's some that he didn't really do much, but there's also some that he did everything possible for them to win. And they right. did didn't. Yeah, to put it in simple terms, like it's no accident that he went to 10 Super Bowls and won seven of them and has three separate Hall of Fame careers and two of the best, you know, careers ever if you divide his career into two. Like, yeah, he's he's had all of all of his success because he is the best. Yeah. Yeah. Dylan, I had mentioned to you last week that if Tom Brady retires after 2008, so after the undefeated season, that's a Hall of Fame career. He gets enshrined in 2013. And then he's like, oh, I'll come back. And then they win in 2014. He goes on to win three more after that. And he has another Hall of Fame career after having already retired and been enshrined. And that's just ridiculous. Yeah. Obviously, you retire. You're probably not after you retire. Yeah, are you allowed to come back in? Or, I don't sorry, know. After being like enshrined to the Hall of Fame, are you allowed to come back? <laughs> They've never had that happen. Like no one would ever think about doing that. Except what if that's his plan. Someone? What if that's his plan to come back at forty nine? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> he's like, I have to go a couple years early to give myself time. Yeah, and then at that point, he'll be throwing to his son. And will, will LeBron and Tom Brady both be playing with their sons at the same time? No. <laughs> are, are Tom Brady's yet, kids... Tom even, I, I don't know if I've ever seen Tom Brady's kids like play sports. No, they, they don't. Also, that's another thing. Can you imagine um, like your dad being like the superior athlete? That would be so cool. Yeah, what if, what if dad was a superior athlete? Like dad was Roger Federer? <laughs> yeah. Or like we are superior, if we would be superior athletes to our kids. Oh, I see. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Right, like Tom Brady's kids, they might not ever be as good as athletes as Tom Brady. Might. This Tom Brady is literally the, one of the best athletes on yeah. the world. Yeah, they won't. Yeah. Freaking, what's that little kid's name? Tom yeah. Brady's son? Jack. Yeah, Jack, he's got no shot. What about Vivian? Vivian Vi- could uh, be, I don't know. All right, back on track. <laughs> Tom Brady against the spread in his career 211 in 144, eight pushes. So if you just bet on Tom Brady like every game or bet on the team he was on every game, you're up right now. Oh, yeah. You're up like crazy. Yeah. yeah. Wait, right, I, I have, have a couple. Stat. I have a stat, bro. Oh, go, go. This is Tom Brady against the spread. Okay. Okay. Tom Brady against the spread, like over the course of his entire career. Yeah. Okay. What? Just say it. Did we already go over this? Just say it. Well, it depends what you're saying. Okay, Tom Brady against the spread. 
had 278 <laughs> wins okay. and 85 losses. Oh, outright. Yes. Outright oh, okay. Okay. I see. Wait, did we just go over that? Well, I, I just said Tom Brady against the spread in his career. Oh, wait. So what was your percentage? Like, what's the difference well, between that side and mine? So against the spread, he could – wait, Dylan, does that match up? Does that sound okay. right? Can we put those together again? Yeah. Yes. So I have against the spread in his career 211 and 144 and 8. But then Zach said that – what you say? He is – Something's messed up. Maybe that – yeah, this is uh, – Against the spread outright, and it was 278 wins and 85 losses. Does that match up, Don? That well, they add up to 363, they both do. Oh, but against the spread outright are two separate things, yeah. Well, no, no, it would be like it's either against the spread or outright. Hmm. Okay, anyways, there's a second half to this stat. Okay, good. And it's that Tom Brady has more spread wins, okay? More spread wins than the Panthers, Jags, and Texans have franchise wins. Oh, my goodness. Isn't that silly? Yeah, very silly. Silly. I have have two, like, random ridiculous stats. So, it's funny. For those lost in the madness, this is kind of two categories best stats and then random stats um here is the list of all-time leading receivers in the nfl after turning 40 years old jerry rice is in first with 2169 yards tom brady is second with six yards everyone else on earth is in third with zero yards and then brett Favre is fourth with minus two yards so Tom Brady has the second most receiving yards after turning 40. <laughs> With six. That's amazing. Yeah. 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 And then um, this, this is mind-boggling. Tom Brady never played in a game while eliminated from playoff contention. Yeah. So every week 17 he played in was – a chance to make playoffs. Either they were in the playoffs or had a chance to make it. Jeez. Yeah. I don't – I don't know how many other people would be able to say that because Peyton Manning's rookie year, they were for sure out of it. Real quick, wasn't there some crazy Derek Jeter set that he never played in a in a? In a oh, in a, I think you're right. In a game, let me look it up real quick. No, but he his last season didn't they weren't they out of it by then? See if you can find anything, but I because his last season, remember that wasn't it wasn't very good. Yes, I do remember that. But yeah, so Tom Tom Brady never played in a game while eliminated from playoff contention. All right, Dylan, while you're looking for that, we're going to move on to the other categories. Uh, so the next one for player profile, it's called the mountaintop. It's, it's just finding what the best three-year stretch of a player's career was. And so I have two candidates for this. I think 2010 to 2012 is one, and then 2019 to 2021. So the last three seasons or from 2010 to 2012. Um, the argument for the last three seasons is that it's the first time he ever had two consecutive years with 40 or more touchdowns. And they both came with the Bucks, oddly enough. 
So the fact that his potential best statistical years were with the Bucks and not the Patriots is kind of funny. Um, even though his obviously best statistical year was the 2007 season. But I'm looking for three years in a row at his best. And it might have been the last three. Statistically? Yeah. The other option I had was 2010 to 2012. Um, and he had just those years were like the most yards and passing touchdowns pretty much that he had with the Patriots in seasons. In 2010, 36 touchdowns, 2011, 39 touchdowns, one MVP, 2012, 34 touchdowns. Those are three of his highest seasons. Um, but I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to go with the 2019 to 2021. Agree. So it's, it's interesting because when you sent the um that little note sheet to me and Dylan and I saw that the first thing I thought was like okay it, it has to be a span of three years where he won the Super Bowl at least twice but it's uh it's like individually or it's individual statistics and that's not, what I was look, more looking for yeah right so well, if that, I guess you could I mean you could make the argument I guess that if he had three other good years, like you could say 2018 to 2020, because that would include two Super Bowls. Right. But here's the other thing that I thought about when I dug a little bit deeper was that how many three-year spans in Tom, in Tom Brady's career does he have two Super Bowls? And does it's it. like, I think it's more than not. If, yeah, if you just keep going three years at a time. Yeah, like the first three, he won two. The next three, he won two. The next three, he won two. Next three, he won yeah. two. Then one. One for one for two years and then none for a while. Yeah. And then one. Yeah, I mean, it probably happened like six or seven times. Right, but anyways, if that's the case and it is – we are talking individual – stats then yeah i i agree with you the last three yeah yeah i'm, I'm right with you on the 2019 to 2021 his stats overall and plus at the eight he was playing the best at the oldest he was um you know he had and that was including a, a terrible year in new england his last year in new england which right was, and i mean it, it wasn't the best but that's that's why i think it's so like these last two years weigh that out i think that's how good they were. Yeah, I agree. The three I saw, like, I do agree with, with that 2019 to 2021. The other one I saw was potentially 2016 to 18. Two, you made three Super Bowls, win two, lose one, and that one loss you went, you threw 500 yards. Yeah. That's where I, you know. Obviously, That's a good answer, too. Obviously, wins aren't a team sport or aren't a team, aren't an individual statistic, but I think that alone, the, making three Super Bowls and three years that alone I think would be second to the to the 2019 to 2021 just looking at individual stats that's a good point I think maybe in the future we can even say like individual or team but uh, I think generally it would be individual um yeah so it's okay to have a a different answer for for that good you you opened it up to more I I love that all right next category oh hall of fame real quick Derek Jeter Played in one game in New York where he was eliminated from playoff contention. 
that one game was his very last game ever in the MLB, and he walked it off. Very nice. Yes. Thank you for the find. Yes. All right, next category. Hall of Fame, which he's obviously going to be in. But the question here is what is his what was his crossover point? So for me, just talking about players in general and Hall of Fames, I always say if they retired today, would they be in the Hall of Fame? Don't project what the, what would happen. If they retired today, would they be in the Hall of Fame? Patrick Mahomes is a good example. If he retired right now, would he be in? I don't know. I honestly don't know. I think it's hard to say. We can project that he might be. But Tom Brady, when was his crossover point? So when did we get to the point where we could say, if he retired now, he would be in? Dylan, we talked a little bit about this. It's somewhere around his second or third Super Bowl. I think it has to be after the third one, after they win the third one. Because then you're basically doing the Troy Aikman phase that Nick Wright talks about. Yes. I mean, once you win three Super Bowls, I know you only played four years, but winning three Super Bowls is, I don't know, already right there is a top five quarterback of all time. Like, like three Super Bowls in four years. Like, that's crazy, uh, especially at the young age. But if you don't want to give it to him after that, after four seasons, after 2007, give it to him. Even though they lost, that for me, I, I'm okay with not giving it to him after 05. That's fine. Give it to him after 07. Six years, you made it to four Super Bowls. You won three. At that point, was the best statistical season ever for a quarterback. You went 16 and 18 and one. Like that is the turnover for me. And that, that's what I was going to say would be kind of like the, the obvious point is um, he had to have maybe more individual stats to, to cement it, which happened in 2007, like you're saying. Um, but even through like 2006 season, like he's got that Troy Aikman phase down. So somewhere around like 2005, six, seven is kind of his crossover point, which I just think is very interesting to figure out. Also, if anyone listening to this has not watched that Nick Wright four minute video about Tom Brady, they need to go to real sad guy on Twitter and check it out because it's one of the greatest videos ever. I'll, I'll even retweet one of my tweets about it in honor of this player profile. All right. These next two categories I'm excited about. I don't, I don't know if I invented this, but we can, we can say for now that I did. So these are the Goldilocks categories. The first one is MVP Goldilocks. So we're trying to figure out, did this player have enough MVPs, too many MVPs, or just the right amount of MVPs? So Tom Brady won three regular season MVPs. So he, he, first three times he actually came in second three times and he came in third twice my thought is there could be a slight argument for not enough yeah i think it's just about right because the three years he placed second i don't think he got more than 10 percent of the votes in those seasons i don't think there was any other years where it was like he's the clear person so i think three is just about right what about you guys yeah, I'm, I'm with you on three being the pretty a pretty good number because, I mean, Peyton what, has five. Yeah. Peyton was a great regular season player. Like, you know, I'm not taking anything away from Tom, but Peyton was a great regular season player, and he deserved all those as well. Also, um, one of them was a co-MVP, which is, which is pretty funny. With uh, who? 
Actually, I, I found this while looking. In 2003, I believe, Peyton Manning and Steve McNair were co-MVPs. Tom Brady was third. <laughs> that was one of his third-place MVPs. So he was runner-up, technically. In a way, yeah. So yeah, I think it's just about right. Zach? Yeah, I guess it's about right. I mean, it feels like he should have won more. In 22 seasons, being one of the best quarterbacks of all time, like the fact that he has more Super Bowl MVPs, almost twice as many with five, is just crazy to think about. Yeah. But, um, I guess he's only competing against one other quarterback. And you know what I mean? Like, if you make it to the Super Bowl, there's only two teams to choose from on people to win the MVP versus an entire league of people to choose from. But, um, yeah, no, didn't he almost win this year? It's not yeah. out yet. He'll probably get second. So oh. I, that's the thing. And that's maybe more of like a slight argument for more. Like this year could be a year where it's like he probably he maybe could have should have won. But I get what you're saying, Zach. Like for as good as he is or people say he is, like only only having three maybe it's could have so, But do you compare it to LeBron where LeBron could win it every single year? It's just like we're tired of giving it to LeBron. Is that a Tom Brady? Is that where Tom Brady's at? Or, or he was at? I don't think so, just based on the seasons that people did win MVPs. Yeah. No, I agree with you. I was just – Oh, you're, 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 you're playing the advocate? Yes. I got gotcha. you. So, on the same level, championships Goldilocks. So, obviously, he won seven Super Bowl titles, ten appearances. Okay. Uh, not enough, too much or just about right, seven is way too many. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, hey, Noah, Noah, if you're listening, this is going to be your favorite part. Seven is way too many. Like, yeah. yes, there were some that didn't go their way, but there was way more that went their way. <laughs> like, the only – this is going to sound so funny for us as Patriots fans to talk about, but the only, like, real legit ones that it feels like – weren't 50 50 no okay you win 50 the 50 50 games whatever the two legit ones i don't want to say legit the two <laughs> the two ones that were like they were the clearly the better team um super bowl 39 against the eagles and then super bowl 53 against the rams no doubters mm-hmm. the other ones 50 50 games they won more than 50 percent of them Right, because yeah. if you count like the two Giants and the Eagles ones, it's 50-50 it games. Five and three. Right. Right. So I think seven is too much. <laughs> yeah, I mean, you look at one play, you hand the ball to Marshawn Lynch, it automatically there goes a 60-40 instead of 70-30. Yeah. yeah. Dude, yeah, he easily could have lost less than half of the Super Bowls he went to. Yeah, if, if Atlanta does one play different, Yo, if Atlanta kneels the ball every single time they have it, they yeah. win. Now, and now he's five and five. Yeah. yeah. If um, still the best quarterback to ever play the game. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, that is true. But then it also goes the other way. Like you have the Tyson Tyree off the helmet. Yeah. And, right. Uh, that's, and that's to say the three they lost maybe could have gone the other way. Right. Wait. So it was. It was Tyson, and then who was – what were the other ones? Mario, Mario Manningham's catch, and then – Wait, what was that? And then, it was on so, the sideline. 
when it was here. In Indy. It was a beautiful ball on the sideline. Like, oh. it, it's just the version of that year's version of the Tyree catch. It wasn't, like, the biggest. Yeah, or, okay. Or, or, or it's the Wells Welker drop. Yeah, yeah. Yo, and then it's funny because we would be adding to that list the catch at the goal line by the Seahawks. Right. Oh, oh, the, the Jermaine Curse cast. Yeah, if it yeah. weren't for Kareem Butler, we'd be adding that to the list. Right. And so that's where – that's one of the ones that they probably shouldn't have. But they did. So that's why seven – right, like he's the only – he's won the most six – sorry, seven, six for the Patriots, one for the Bucks. Um it's it's just it's funny to talk about it that way but i'm excited to, to like i'm trying to think of a player whose would be more who would be not enough and honestly right now that player might be patrick mahomes yeah like where he should have more yes for sure no yeah. question asked. yeah so like well, let's see how many he ends up winning dylan we asked last or two weeks ago when you were on over under three and a half super bowls yeah. for patrick mahomes in his I career over. and you were hammering over yeah, I mean, another was, person I would say over or that should have more. I think Aaron Rodgers should. Yes, yes, he's actually probably maybe the best example. He should have more than one. Yeah. So I'm excited to see like when we do more players for the Goldilocks categories, but it's just fun to to reimagine those. All right. Yeah. Also, real quick. Yeah. Um. So the IU game starts soon. Sources confirm that Tamar Bates, Parker Stewart, Michael Dirt, and Xavier Johnson are all out tonight at Northwestern due to disciplinary issues. Oof. Yeah. So that's two starters and our, I guess, our second, our backup big man. This is what I like about having more people on the podcast is that we have, um, we can break news. <laughs> we can have people yeah, looking that, at stuff. Yeah. Maybe Noah just want. sent that. Yeah, Noah just sent that tweet. So, oh, uh, and yeah, Parker Stewart hasn't been warming up. So, Tamar Bates might uh -huh. be sorry. Now, back to our reg regularly scheduled programming. <laughs> All right, last category for player profile hero or villain. To Patriots and Bucks fans, obviously a hero, but to everyone else, he is a villain. No yeah. arguments? No arguments at all. And you know what that reminds me of? Is the maps that we had talked about previously, you know, where it's like uh, this year, basically the entire country wants the Bengals to win, except for like what LA, I guess, um, or probably all of California, maybe, maybe, right? Like yeah. in this thing, like there's barely Rams fans. Well, and it was more for that Chiefs game where everyone wanted the Bengals to win, except Kansas City and Kansas, or sorry, Missouri and Kansas. So true. That's just the way it goes. It's like, because it does feel like the Chiefs are the new Patriots, you know what I mean? Like, yeah. the rest of the country is just going to hate the dominant team. Right. Yeah. But, for, for example, for this category, Peyton Manning, he's more hero than villain to most people, even outside of Indy. Wait, say that again? You, Peyton Manning is more hero? Peyton Manning is more hero than villain for people outside of Indy. Or yeah. at least more than Tom Brady. Well, yeah, that, that is that's what happens when you're like a really good quarterback and you should be winning a lot, but your team sucks and the entire country just feels bad for you, you know, and then you win like one Super Bowl <laughs> and then everybody's like, yeah, finally he deserves it. You so know? then maybe this is this part of the category. Is there is there such thing as a winning hero? 
Who who would be a winning hero? Um, that's a good question. Like yeah, that'll be like, our goal. Somebody or or a team in sports that has won, like consistently, where the entire country is on board with them. It's hard to find. Yeah, it's really hard to find because it's 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 easy to hate winning. A hundred percent, especially when you lose a lot. Yeah, I don't know, like the the U.S. Olympic basketball team. <laughs> well, yes, I was anything. Well, to the U.S. Yeah, yeah, right, yes, yeah, right. yeah. Anything that is like, um, um, like uh, any Olympic team, you know, any anything that's backed by the United States of America, for the most part, everybody's going to be on board. Oh, um, Noah just said that that account had six followers. Just Parker Stewart is not warming up right now. Ah, <laughs> uh, Dylan, we're breaking breaking some news and not sorry for my falseness. Um, I think I think you guys I think you guys both are uh, having the notes app from this episode. We what? You guys are gonna both have to notes app. Apologize. Yes. <laughs> Seriously, bro. Dylan's just out here pulling Schefter's left and right. Dylan Schefter. Because it's funny because Adam Schefter's daughter is named Dylan. So. Oh, that is funny. That is yeah. funny. Thank you for explaining that one, actually. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Last thoughts I have. Tom Brady's impact on the NFL um, is obviously pretty grand. And I think it's crazy. Him retiring kind of closes out um, an era where, you know, no more Brady, no more Manning, no Breeze, no Rivers, no Roethlisberger. We're now into new faces of the league. Um, so what does this new league look like with the new faces, which would be Mahomes, Burrow, Allen, uh, Herbert, all those guys? I think it's in amazing hands. It, it was cool to see Tom Brady have a chance to play with those guys. Like It was cool to see a new guy coming in, Patrick Mahomes, playing a guy about to leave Tom Brady. And now that Tom Brady is gone for now – you know, it's, it'll be cool to see these young guys just take over and dominate the league for hopefully the next 10, 15 years to see, you know, what Tom Brady, Peyton Manning, Aaron Rodgers, Ben Roethlisberger, Eli Manning did for so many years. It, it's cool to see, like, that transition from, you know, from those guys to this new era of quarterbacks. It's, it's really cool to see. And that actually just reminded me of a stat. Um, this is the first Super Bowl since 2002 Raiders Bucks that doesn't have either Tom Brady, Peyton Manning, Ben Roethlisberger, or the San Francisco 49ers. And so that, that era is just gone. And it's, it's kind of cemented this year with none of, none of those guys in. Yeah. All right. They're all gone now. Yep. And then, all right, how about this? The last, last stat. There's only one quarterback still in the league that has been on multiple Super Bowl winning teams. Guesses? I know it. I know it. Dylan, you want to take a sec? No. Or Zach spills it. Zach, Zach, who is it? We don't want to give Dylan hints? No. No. Okay, the quarterback is Jimmy Ganaranalapililililililililililililililililililililililililililililililililililililililililililililililililililililililililililililililililililililililililililililililililililililililililililililililililililililililililililililililililililililililililililililililililililililililililililililililililililililililililililililililililililililililililililililililililililililililililil
who knows what team he's going to be on next year. Like, he, he might get traded from the 49ers. Yes, most likely he will. So the, the only quarterback with mul- that's been on multiple teams is going to be floated around like a, like a toy. Like, who, who wants this guy? Yeah. With Roethlisberger and Brady both retiring. So just a fun final thought. Yeah. Yeah. Hey, anything else on Tom Brady? He's a goat. That's all I got. Zachary? I will second that. Uh, he's a great quarterback. He's a really good guy. I've heard really good things about him, and uh, it seems like he's going to do just fine once he leaves his first love of football. Preach. I always say he – I always jokingly say that he is my sports savior, which is, is also that? not really a joke. Why? <laughs> it's also not a joke. Yeah. Wait, <laughs> what does that mean? My sports savior? Yeah. I don't know. Like three of the best nights ever had to do with him. Like winning Super Bowls? Yeah. Okay. Solid. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, just it was so exciting every every week to watch him play football on my team that I cheered for. It is great. That's why I switched over to the Bucks. Yeah. But now I'm back because he retired. I told you. I said as soon as he retires. I'd like to make an official publication right now. <laughs> the Zach Horowitz statement. I want this audio on all social media platforms. Hey, I want Kyle, the public Kyle, release. Kyle, clue, clue up the uh, the cameras. This is what Bill Simmons does when he wants a, a section cut of the book. Okay, yo, Kyle, cue these cameras up real quick. This is my official publication on the retirement of the greatest quarterback ever, Tom Brady. I have officially decided that I am now once again – a New England Patriots fan. Bill Belichick is once again my coach, and Mac Jones is my new quarterback. Let's go, Patriots. All right, got it. All right, there we go. That was the Zach Horowitz statement. Uh, <laughs> guys, great job on the player profile. I, I like that as a, as a segment. I think Tom Brady was a good person to do it to the right time, him announcing his retirement, Super Bowl week. Um, us a year out from talking about him in the Super Bowl last year. But thank you for also coming on and just talking about the Super Bowl on the birthday anniversary of this podcast. I can't believe it's been a year. Um, obviously, by the time people are listening to this, it'll be a couple of days past. But today, February 8th, when we are recording, is exactly one year after we recorded the first episode of Sunday Night Stack Guy, now turned the Real Stack Guy podcast. Wait, that, it's one year today? Literally one year today that we recorded oh. our first episode. Yep. Why wow. do you think we wanted to record today? That's nuts. Yeah. Wow. All right, guys. Well, hopefully I see you soon, talk to you soon. Um, if I don't, have a good time in Colorado. Mm-hmm. Eat well, ski safe, um, and have fun watching the Super Bowl. Go Bengals. Go Bengals. Let's go Joe Joe Burrow. I hope the Bengals win. They won't. See ya. Oh, Dylan, actually, uh, new whenever you and me are on together, our new closing, remember, is uh, we say bye, see ya. Oh, yeah. Yeah. All right. Bye, see ya. Bye, see ya. 
big thanks to Zach and Dylan for coming back on the podcast to celebrate the one-year anniversary of the first Stack Guy podcast and to help preview the Super Bowl. I can't believe it's been a whole year since starting this thing. Uh, I appreciate everyone who has supported and listened over the last year, and I hope to continue growing and improving the podcast to be bigger and better. In the meantime, enjoy the Super Bowl. We will be back with a recap next week with a to-be-determined guest. Until then, can't leave you without our sports joke of the day. And in honor of the Super Bowl, why was the tiny ghost asked to join the Super Bowl football team? They needed a little team spirit. Have a great weekend. Enjoy a great Super Bowl Sunday. And remember that the Real Stack Guy podcast will not just give you the stats you want, but the stats that you need. Thanks, everyone.